Poor Draw, episode 45. And it's definitely the first time we've t- done this take. But we don't usually double take the intros. But I don't think we've ever re-recorded anything. Yeah, Luke wasn't happy with what we did. So we're back again. It was incredible the amount of waffle we put in the first two minutes. I liked it. But we are back. And um, boy, we've got some football to talk about. On the weekend, uh, Big Charles... Big Charlie. He was coronated big time. Caught that dub, got that crown. It's coronated the adjective. Coroned. I don't know. Who knows? But as we said in our previous take, and I'm going to steal it, another king was crowned this time at Everton. Sean yeah, Dyche. Not at Everton, bro. Nah, at Everton the club. Oh, but yeah, not yeah, at yeah, the, yeah. It was at the Amex. Everton went there against a high-flying Champions League hunt in... Sexy footballing. They just come like team. beating Wolves. They pumped they Wolves, Wolves for six with like their reserve team, Didn't and then they beat they Man beat United one nil with a last minute pen. And then they go to Deitch, and Sir Sean Deitch has something to say about it. He does. And to be honest, is this? Let's just hit you with the question off the bat: Is this the result of the season? Because we've had some bangers this season. We've had the 7-0. We've had... The 9. The 9. The 6-3. F- we've had bangers all over the gaff. But I is this know. one of the most unexpected results of the season? Brighton, yeah. They are, like, one of the best footballing teams in the Premier League. They don't necessarily have, like, the best talent in the league. Mm. But their system is so good and the football is so good that it makes the players look excellent. And we've seen when players leave and go to other clubs like Kukurea, like Basuma, it doesn't always work out because the system works. He's spitting. But I, I result of the season, I don't know. It, and potentially if um, Everton go on to survive, then maybe, yeah. This but for me, I don't know. Because Brighton's football is so, it's so aggressive and it's, so, it, it's always reminiscent of a Bielsa style that actually with more control. Hmm. But um, they controlled this game, 78% possession. They had a quite a few chances. I think Pickford had one of the, the performances of the season. I thought he was excellent. Um, but yeah, I don't know whether the result, result of the season might be a bit too far. But I think it's up there, you know. I know Liverpool smashing United and that all happened in the second half. So that could have been like the second half of the season. But this, for me, Everton just came there and were like, we... We're just going to soak it up and then hit you on the counter. And Dwight McNeil was good. Dwight McNeil was good. Decore was good. was good. And Calvert-Lewin back in the starting lineup. He's that guy for Mate, them. He was His link-up play was incredible. He's, he is that guy. He is him. Yeah, no, I and it, I don't know. It, it'd be interesting to see if Everton do go down. He'll be gone. He, he'll be gone. I think the likes of uh, Pickford will be gone. Yeah. I think we said Tottenham was his ideal destination, maybe. Mm. But um, yeah, I don't know. Result of the season, I think even Newcastle six one Spurs is probably that, that's a yeah, like top. But four. that's like another just halfer because they only batted them in the first half and it's then true. it was one all it's in the true. second half. Whereas this was just, I think it's a freak result though. I think you play Brighton Everton like 10, 10 out of ten games. And oh, like Brighton, Brighton, win, Brighton win six of them. But this is... Seven of them. This is Dyche, though. It's like when he first game in charge, beat Arsenal. He He's a man with a plan that loves kind of shitting on sexy football. Arsenal were playing sexy football at that time of the season. And Dyche arrived, shat on that, shat on our title chances. 
Brighton playing probably the sexiest football. Pep called them the best team in the world at the build-up. And we said that as well. I think we said that before Pep. Well, I, I say what I say, and people just jump on the bandwagon. But um, they're hunting down Champions League, and he's shit on that. He he is a man that if he's got a very specific task, he's like Liam Neeson in Taken. He's a man with a set of skills, and those skills are there to um, regain your child. Because what he did is he knew that he's not going to be able to outplay them. You're not going to have the ball. Nah. You're not going to control the game. Not at all. And like you you said, 78% possession, they had like none of the ball. But you limit their chances coming in from the left and right-hand side. Danny Welbeck isn't going to constantly break your lines. But if he does, you can sit deep. Mm. And that's what they sort of done. They sat deep to negate those sort of, those bombing runs. When you watch them versus like United, Wan-Bissaka was really good at negating Matoma. Yeah. But he, at the times when Matomo got chances, it wasn't because he beat Wan-Bissaka, it was because he got him behind. Mm. And so if you sit deep against Brighton, you, of course you're going like, to increase the likelihood of conceding shots on goal. But if their build-up play is what makes them strong. Like, so they, yeah. they build up to catch to, to bring players out of position. Like, low IQ players will get drawn out of position. Good shit. So you sit back, you deep, and you defend in a block. Yeah. And you, and you play like very very fixed on position you know like on FM when you like can like stick to position or free roam yeah Sean Dyche just spam and stick to position like yeah no it's it's facts because um, the the uh, games where Brighton has struggled is against teams with low blocks so they drop points to Nottingham Forest they drop points to Leeds team uh, so it's teams that Brighton can't get in the transition are the teams Brighton struggle against and like you said Everton just sat deep soaked up the pressure they brought Yerry Mina back into the defensive lineup, and him and Tarkovsky, they're just going to head they're, cross his yeah. way every single time of the yeah. way. They'll defend the six-yard box, easy peasy. And um, then just countering them, you've got Dekure, who's got legs for days. They Iwobi quite uh, advanced. They played him like a 10 roll, which was really interesting because that gives you that gives you an out ball. You've got like two out balls there. You've got Cavalier, who's good in the air, and you've got Dekure, who's also quite big for like a midfit, like yeah, big yeah. unit. So you got two out balls there if you want to play through the middle. You've got Dwight McNeil out wide who's also quite tall. And he's he's so good at carrying. He's such a good ball carrier. Him and Awobi are both quality ball carriers. And so if you win the ball in your third when Brighton have got pretty much <laughs> 10 men camped out in your final third and you can spring an attack, you're more likely going to be able to get to their box before their defenders return because you've got ball carriers that are quick, and already, I saw some pictures during the game of like freeze frames of when Everton would turn over the ball. And as soon as someone regains possession in the Everton side, Calvert-Lewin, Iwobi, McNeil and Decore are all sprinting. They're not even trying to receive a pass. They're, They're just, just sprinting. They? They're, They're just like sprinting to, towards yeah. the Brighton goal, hoping that whoever's regained possession is just going to long ball it to one of those four and then they'll turn. It's like when Calvert-Lewin... I oh, spun dunk. Did you see where he like um, received the ball for the first goal and then like spun dunk? I want to have a chat about dunk and Brighton. We'll chat about um, Brighton as well. But like, um, yeah, the fact that they all just sprinting towards the Everton goal, uh, to the wards of Brighton goal, when Brighton have already pushed all their players forward and all the defence are tracking back, it's hard to pick up those four men running towards your goal. And a lot of it just came down to. Could Everton be clinical in the final third, which they've struggled with, but with Calvert-Lewin back 
and McNeil and Decore having one of their games of the season, they're able to put five past them. And that is a freak result. But I think it came from very astute managerial Nous. Nous from Defend Stone Cold Steve Austin. Like, like in his um, his mastermind, uh, coach's mastermind, mastermind masterclass video. Yeah. He, um, it was he, a talks about def- he talks about defending the V. Yeah. And this it was very like very obvious in this game that that was the uh, the strategy behind it. Yeah, yeah. And it was very, very. Uh, yeah, it's very similar to that. So yeah. you want to talk about Lewis Dunn? What do you want to talk about him? So I saw a statistic that kind of blew my mind. Uh, did it? I don't know. Uh, so he has the most touches of the ball in the Premier League at the moment. And obviously, so we were talking about Brighton's build-up play, and we've done multiple videos on Brighton's build-up play and how they kind of sucker the opposition in. They'll just pass it around the back, quick rondos with the two midfielders that are quite deep in front of them, Saicedo and McAllister or Gross. And they'll just pass it around, quick passes to sucker the opposition in. And that's how he gets a lot of his touches. And I know um, Deserby likes him because he's quite good at suckering them in. His passing IQ is good. Is he a good defender? I... Because I've seen him caught out a lot of times. I've liked Lewis Dunk for years. I thought I think I've always thought he's an excellent, excellent player. And should have been called up for England. Potentially, mm. I think his time probably was just at the end of the like Maguire Dyer sort of time when well, I think Dunk was probably at his best. Yeah, I think he's been asked to do a lot in the system. Oh yeah, and he's 100%. and he's not from a footballing background where. He he's not an old he's not an old old boy but no nah, but he's old he, Jen, he, isn't he he's not he's not like Levi Colwell who's like come through this academy like playing the tiki taka football he's probably from a generation just before that where mm. centre backs probably aren't being asked to do that but if you look at Lewis yeah. Dunk yeah, he's been an absolute stalwart in that, that Brighton team since their promotion to the Premier League I think and he's a Brighton boy isn't he yeah and he he's, he's always been a top top player I've had him in my fantasy team multiple times over the course of years because. He always, always performs. Really. Yeah, yeah. No, he's a good player. Um, but yeah, I think I'm, when I went to watch them at the semi-final of the FA Cup versus United, mm. what really struck me was just how composed they are and how well spread across the pitch. They are like, you watch Liverpool's back four, the gap between Van Dijk and Matip or Van Dijk and Konate or whoever's playing that second centre-back role, it always seems just like awkwardly big. Mm. Whereas Brighton, there is that gap there, but it, it's composed. Yeah. And then you have like Caicedo dropping in from the DM role, coming to create a triangle with like Dunk and Estepinion or like uh, Colwell and like, you know what I mean? Like they make these rondos and it draws like a pressing trigger. So from United, I can't remember who was playing their 10, but maybe Anthony when he came on or like wow Weggles they, yeah they would just they would press and just get played out and then suddenly you've got this massive gap for Caicedo to turn it he, and Caicedo is so unbelievably good here so so good yeah his ability to play a pass is unreal his ability to hold off a challenge he, like he's not scared of being approached when he's on the ball even mm. in his defensive half because he, he'll turn someone yeah or he'll play the, he'll, he always makes the correct decision like I think he is an outstanding stand I think he might be the best DM in the league the jewel in the crown. However, his role is so impactful to that Brighton team. I think it's so important. And going back to Dunk, I think he's been asked to do a lot. If you had someone of a higher ball-playing pedigree than him, I think if you had someone like Lissandro Martinez, 
in that role, mm-hmm. he would probably have the same issues, but you'd see more of the ball playing. Yeah, because I think he he is there to hold the ball, draw a little bit of pressure, and then play out. And he sort of lets Estepinian and Caicedo do the work on that. Like, yeah. in terms of where they're going to create the space, he just sort of holds it for them. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I don't know. I think he's been asked to do a lot. I think he's a bit of an old school defender. In terms yeah. Of how he defends, but I think he is really good and. Yeah, he's a, yeah, no, he's I do agree, and I think yeah, I, I think a lot of it comes down to like his leadership ability. You can tell he's a good captain. So yeah, don't want to dig him out, but someone I might dig out is Matoma. I've decided, and this is a hot take. I might call down and retract this statement. I think Solly March is better than Matoma. Uh, Bash. Yeah, I don't know. Matoma, like, we were singing his praises not too long ago. I think he, yeah, he got, I think I had him quite high in my wingers list. And I think maybe that is a bit of, like, what's that the opposite of rose-tinted glasses? Recency bias? Yeah. Maybe that's a bit of recency bias because... He's been cooking. But you can tell when he gets the ball, he is dangerous. He really is dangerous. I think we're going to see, if he stays in the Bright- at Brighton or even in the Premier League for the next three four years we'll see him go through really hot spurts yeah where he's scoring week in week out and probably cold spurts where he is his stats fall off a bit but i think he'll always be dangerous yeah i think why a lot of tactico nerds like him on twitter is just his dribbling ability his dribbling ability is crazy his close control his ability to kind of be direct and trying to attack a fullback and maybe the problem is the, the last couple of games we've seen him struggle against Wan-Bissaka and then struggle against Nathan Patterson, who are two very good one-on-one defenders. And so he maybe he he like thrives in like the like the opportunity to attack a defender that doesn't really want to be defending, who would rather be attacking, kind of like Trent, Trent or kind of like I don't know if he came one-on-one against I don't know Ch- like Ben Chilwell or Cucurella or someone like that. Those players would rather attack than defend. And so when they're put in a position where they're one-on-one defending, they struggle. But what I really like, and I think, so Solly March didn't start this game, but Solly March is similar in that he is also very direct but on the other wing. But where Matoma likes to go for the kind of like the assist and kind of like step uh, forward, Solly March is always going for goal. And I'm starting to really like Solly March. I noticed it when he came on. So, obviously, they were like 3-1 down or 4-1 down when they, he or came like on. like March, Ferguson. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, it was a half-time, actually. Yeah, it was like a... Yeah, just like a fucking massive sub. sub. And I just was I watching... I like that, though. I, I like, I'd much oh, rather mate, Manchester yeah. do that and actually... Like, you're 3-1 down. What's the worst? You're going to lose 5-1. Oh, I mean, that happened, but... Like, we're not going to talk about Champions League, but and we'll probably do a Champions League video. But Pep last night, so this is on the night of the Inter-AC Milan game. But Pep last night... Didn't make any subs. No, I know. I was like, what are you doing? I, you tweeted from the account, Foden for Grealish. Grealish, like, for the first Grealish half, was non-existent. Really, no, he was quite good. He drew it. He was... He, he, he um, had, like, he, a little bit of rough and tumble with yeah, Carver Howe. And I, I thought, like, he was really good early on because you're going to get yellow cards for the opponents. They have yeah. to sit back a bit. But it got to a point where I was like, right, it's clearly not working anymore. They've sort of realised if they step off him yeah. and make him make decisions, it's not going to work. Forget Phil on. Phil Foden is ideal for that. There was like the last half an hour where it was just all City, but they weren't really doing anything. And if I was a City fan, I'd be like, this is wasted time because last year we didn't kill off the game. Um, It bit us in the arse. This year we had the opportunity to at least get a, a win at their stadium. I know away goals don't really matter anymore. But like just to go back to the Etihad winning 
would be good and it was good for my bet which they fucked me over on but um yeah i don't know why he didn't like make a sub to kill off game but I yeah mean, i saw a stat where it was like we've completely just skipped past the and bright again but uh carl walker apparently didn't get dribble passed once last night by vinicius and then i saw a comment and it was like vinicius's highlight reel and he dribbled past carl walker about four I, times i don't really know what counts as dribble anymore but he carl walker was struggling he, he had think, like an alright game, but Vinicius is crazy. I saw an th- argument as well. It's like, is Vinicius needs to be classed in the bracket as Haaland and Mbappe? I How old know. is Vinny? He's like 22? He's young. I think he's younger than both of them. Oh, maybe then. Because he, he, my guy is like the definition. Like, we say this all the time on the pod. It's like, we like wingers that are just nasty and direct. He is the definition of that. He just sees any fullback in the world and it's like I'm going to roast you I think, alive I think like the the best front three in the world like I don't really know how you make it work having Mbappe and Vinicius play on the yeah. same side but I'm, I'm sure Mbappe could do his job on the right yeah yeah, he probably can like, to be it doesn't fair. really matter does it but like honestly he is electric Crazy, Vinicius and, and I think I slept on him for a bit because I was thinking oh, he's just like in a Real Madrid team but do you know slept, what would be so good. so good for that that game last night Calvin Phillips yeah, I think he would have. I think he would have really offered something. Because in the second half as well, I thought Gundogan fell off hard. Yeah, I thought he had, he was obviously really good uh, on the weekend, mm. and I think he was all right this game, but he was ghosting for me a bit. Um, yeah, and I thought Calvin Phillips would just give. Like Modric was pressing really hard at points last night. I was thinking. You get Calvin Phillips in there. He's kind of a really good counter press. Like he gets into, he, he cuts all those passing lanes, mm. which means that, like when they go to counter the press, he's in an available position. And then when they try and play out and they get the ball from a press, like they say they win it high up the pitch, he's always in the right position to stop the like immediate danger. Yeah. Interruption, man. Let's go. Point on silent. But um, no, I do, I do agree. I think the issue with Calvin Phillips for Gundo is Gundo is playing in that kind of like split eight with De Bruyne, isn't he? And like Calvin Phillips probably like goes anywhere near the goal and has no idea what's it's going Pep on. Asking uh, how he beats Madrid in the second leg. There you go. But busy. anyway, uh, back to Brighton and Everton. I think Brighton. So it's a sticky one. Still, we got Brighton this weekend, so I'm hoping they carry on that. Uh, sham- Never going to happen. Shambalizing. They're going to. They're going to cause you problems. Yeah. Well, I don't know. At their, so we beat them at the Amex earlier this season, four two, and we actually turned them over. Not going to lie. Yeah, I, I don't, don't know. Jinx I think. It. I don't know. They're going to come back with some. I think Evan Ferguson starts next game. I think he causes you issues. I think he's a really good player. Well, we'll talk about Arsenal next and after you know the break. what's going to happen? Solly March is going to come back to bite he you. He actually might, and then I'll dislike him. But we'll talk yeah. about Arsenal after the break. Yeah, come back after the break to find out about Arsenal. Look at the size of his beard. It's bigger than my choice. head, mate. Let's go. We are back, and it's time to talk about a battle at the top of the table. Arsenal finished the game 2-0 victors or against... Eddie Howe's Newcastle. At St. James's Park. At St. James's Park. And Newcastle, whew, they started the game with some venom. Mate, hit the post in like the first minute. Yeah, Alan And Shearer I was like, this is going to be a long day. I thought it was going to be problems for you guys because Newcastle, I, I thought they weren't really as good as they are. But now I think they are just as good as they are. I think Alexander Izak is so good yeah I think he's so so good 
And I think players like Jacob Murphy, um, Joe Willock, uh, who else? Dan Byrne. Yeah. Um, I think when you've got a lot of players Sharf, Scher, that like, are like not out of their depth because that's rude and like they've done they enough never be, to they never put it at the highest level yeah they're not like Champions League level players but once you've got a collective that are like pushing for Champions League and you've got let's say half of them that aren't Champions League players these players are every single week are going to be playing out of their skin because they know if they don't they might never get the chance and they might never get the chance again so they, Eddie Howe is in kind of like this sweet zone where he's got obvious ballers like Isak, Botman, Gumaresh that are going to ball out because they're at that level. And then he's got the kind of not so good players playing out of their skin to make sure they don't lose their spot in this team that are going places. So he's in a sweet spot. But he wasn't in a sweet spot when Arsenal turned up because... Last season, this is where our season went. Well, actually, no, maybe the Spurs game before that. But last season at St. James' Park, we probably put in the worst performance of the season. We lost 2-0, and it was just embarrassing. Got played off the park. Every single player dropped a stinker. Newcastle just ran over us. They had passion, desire, all that good stuff. And so it was weird that that game was at the end of last season, and this game is at the end of this season. Because it, it provides like the perfect kind of reflection point on if we've progressed as a team. Because last season we needed that result to get Champions League football. This season, yes, the title is probably out of reach, but we needed this result or is it? to keep the, the hope alive. So there was a lot of weight on the last result last year, and there's a lot of weight on the result this year. And this year, you can tell that the boys... The mentality's different, isn't it? Mentality monsters, I'd say. Maybe not monsters. What's the, so We should do like a tier. Mentality monsters are like... Mentality. They're like the they're toppest the, tier. That's Man City, you know. And then mentality... Mandem. Mandem. That's where we are. We, You're about it. You're we're about, about there. It. We're like... All the last minute results we've had this season, going to St. James Park where we got battered the last season and getting a result. We the get them and the monsters is that the monsters don't let it, they don't need last minute winners because mm. they're they're like we'll just do it easy but. and they do it for like five seasons on the track. Yeah, but that, but I mean, we're, we're coming. Yeah, maybe maybe, but um, wow, talk about that Odegaard goal. He is dangerous on the edge of the box. He is. He's one of those players that like. So a lot of players get it on the edge of the box and will just fucking try and wallop it and hope for the best. He is like, I will find a corner every single time I get it on the edge of the box. And let's talk about him. 15 goals from the number eight role that he plays. Most goals from midfield this season, if you're not counting like people like Salah and Saka that are like forwards. They're not, they're not midfielders. Yeah. He is 15 goals, seven assists, I think it is. Yeah, I mean, you're you are almost lucky in the sense that you don't have an out and out goal scoring striker. I know Jesus does get goals, but he's not he's not like a Harden figure or an mm. Ivan Tony or someone like that. Do you know what I mean? Mm. So your goals are going to be more spread around, especially a team with the attacking talent of Arsenal. Like, yeah, yeah. look at the likes of like Salah, uh, sorry, Saka, Martinelli, Odegaard. What, they've all got like 10 plus goals now? Yeah, and Jesus, they're all on... Double, yeah, so your goals, is, like you're scoring goals for fun in most games and you've got just an bunch of atta- talent in the attacking midfield. So what you want in your striker is to facilitate that t- attacking talent, get everyone scoring mm. and then 
that way as well. If you get a play injury to a player, you're not missing out on ninety percent of your goals. You're missing out on like twenty five percent or whatever. So yeah, facts. Um, but yeah, he's it's been not incredible. like someone like Mitro or uh, Brentford with Tony that like if they were to get injured or Spurs with Harry Kane, there's absolutely no goals in the team. Whereas like Arsenal, there's goals from everywhere. Goals, goals everywhere. Which is um, like what City were. Not so much this season, although they are still getting goals from everywhere. But like the season's gone by, it was like Raz with double digits, uh, Foden with double digits, De Bruyne with double digits, Mares. So we're in that kind of era where we've got uh, goals from everywhere. But Martin Odegaard, I I think he's just so good and so underrated because a lot of his play is his pressing is insane. His kind of decision making of when to play the pass and when to carry is insane. And then, obviously, in and around the box, which is, I think, a aspect of his game when he joined us that I didn't realise was as good as it is. Because in that loan spell that he had with us, he got a few goals, but nothing, like, crazy. And then, last season, it was, like, nothing meant. But now, I don't know if it's because the team is cooking at an, another level, but he's adding goal contributions. And that's that's, like, the bread and butter in this league like you can be a good player but if you're not backing that up with stats what what's it doing for you I mean the last sort of player that isn't De Bruyne that sort of like contributed so heavily from a midfield position was probably Bruno Fernandes in that season where he was cooking yeah, yeah cooking mm. and I wonder it'll be interesting to see if, if it stops at next season or if it's just one off season or what but yeah I don't know. It's, it's, it's interesting to see. Um, but, we, yeah, we need to put some respect on his name. No, and if I, I, Haaland I think, wasn't cooking like he is, he's the guard player in the season. Well, that's, well, I've seen this argument. I was like, surely Haaland has to win the Ballon d'Or. Yeah. If City win the, the Premier League, if they even if they just get to the Champions League final or, or semi-final and they win the FA Cup... I think Messi gets it if Haaland doesn't win the Champions League. I don't know. But he, Haaland is... Yeah, Haaland has been crazy. Man. He he gets Premier League Player of the Season. He's broken all the fucking records. He gets Player of the uh, he gets the Golden Boot. I mean, anyone's gonna get near him? Nah, that's um, crazy. Might as well give him the Golden Glove while you're at it. But um, yeah, I don't know. Other the other thing that really surprised me was your junior starting over party. Yeah, well, well, I said we need to put some respect on Odegaard's name. I think we need to put some respect on Jorginho's name. When Jorginho was brought in, I was I, I was a little bit like. Is he... Is he that guy? It, it, it Does it bring you anything different? And the answer is obviously yes. He's like a tempo man compared to the likes of Party or El Nenny. Or... We've used the term metronome before on this podcast. He is he is sort of that. And I think, especially in the game against someone like Newcastle who's going to press and press and press you, you want someone who can dictate, who's a bit more relaxed on the ball. Who, yeah. You know, and he facilitates your attacker players as well in a different sense. It's because he's not going to try and join the attack. He, he's, he's very happy to sit in the middle of the park. Yeah, and just play passes, which I think, it, yeah, it, it depends how you want to play it. And if you feel like the midfield is going to be weaker, and that's where your opponents are going to play through, then you play party probably. Well, this is the thing, and like you said, I I assume that's what Newcastle are going to do. Like when we were talking about this, and I saw the lineup, I was like, Joe Willock, Gumaresh, and Joe Linton are going to run all over Jorginho. Xhaka and Odegaard. I saw a tweet from an Arsenal fan. He was like, when he saw the lineup, and he was like, Xhaka, um, Jorginho, and Odegaard might be the slowest Arsenal centre midfield I've ever seen in my life. And I thought that's bang on because between them, they've got the pace of my dead nan. I swear down. 
It's so slow. She and was pretty fast though. She got burners. She wasn't cremated though. But um I've lost myself. But um yeah, so when um I saw the lineup, I was like that Newcastle midfield is gonna run all over our midfield. And I think if we allowed the game to be like that, if we allowed the game to be kind of this end to end midfield battle, then yeah, we would have got slapped. But what Jorginho does that is so good, like you said, is he's happy to just receive the ball in any area, find the short pass and kind of dictate the game slowly. Whereas Party is very much about moving the game quick. And in a game where Arsenal are dominant, move the move the game quick, get Party on the ball, he's happy to break it down and transition quickly. But in a game where we need to kind of kill Newcastle momentum and kind of kill the kind of fan noise because from what I could gauge on the TV the fucking uh, St. James Park looked rocking did you see the Arsenal fan in the uh, Newcastle end? yes yes it got oh mate how brave that is so yeah you've got to kind of stifle that fan base it's, like, it's, it's almost like Anfield as well something like that where the you get some grounds where it's just dead and City are lucky they've got like a really good team. Because, <laughs> yeah, because yeah, yeah, it's it's not it's not there is there is a, like one section of City fans who are really good, but the stadium is so big that like, and it's getting bigger and ending. it's getting bigger that yeah, it's just not. And fair enough, they got like they get they actually sell the tickets quite cheap and it's quite accessible for the local community who probably aren't all like massive diehard City fans who are going to be screaming every day every every second of the game. But uh, I just see yeah. so many phones at City games, and I'm like, mate. But yeah, because they you, score so many goals, like some... they're kind of like they numbed. They stop celebrating. Yeah, they're like numbed to how and, many goals they score, but which like, is a bit grim. I don't. I think that's peak. But like, I when it comes to City, they go to like Wembley or something so much. They, they don't sell at their location. It's like, yeah, yeah. People give them a hard time. But imagine if you're like just a normal person, you got to try budget in going from Manchester to London. It's long, yeah. Train prices are like yeah, a million. And now. like, yeah, money to London is expensive. So, yeah. like, imagine going yeah, like facts. four times a season. <laughs> yeah, it's Mental. facts. But, um, yeah, Newcastle, St. James' Park is like a big player. It's a big, big party. It's the 12th man, yeah. So, yeah. what Jorginho does is he slows the game down. I saw, and we've got to talk about slowing the game down as a whole. So, after the game, I saw so many Newcastle fans and I think a couple of their players, I think... Um, Eddie Howe came out. Said, Eddie yeah. Howe came out. Said we slowed the game down. Like the ball wasn't in play long enough. Callum Wilson said that Xhaka was wasting time. Dan Byrne, ratings to him. He said, "Yes, Arsenal were wasting time, but we can't complain because we did exactly the same thing when we went to their park." Newcastle. Newcastle like... have. And then I t- tweeted this from the board, or I might have liked it or something. Newcastle, as far as like um, ball being on the pitch, the most to the least. Newcastle have the ball. L- least yeah so yes it is like if you're a team that you think you're going to go win this game and Newcastle probably we're looking at this game like yes we can overwhelm Arsenal and get the result here and it's annoying frustrating for a team to be wasting time but you can't be angry at a team doing it if that is what your team are like based around Newcastle have gone to so many grounds this season and just stunk up the gaff by what time wasting so, for them to be bitter about it, have one of these, mate. You got played at your own game. Yeah, and you what lost. did I say? Taste of your own medicine, I think. Cry more. Yes. And just to round up this Arsenal segment, I want to ask you a question. Did Arteta wait too long? And has he probably ruined the Arsenal title charge by waiting 
as long as he did to get holding out of this team for Jakub Kirior? Kirior, I think, is... I think he's a good player. I think he's a really, really good player. I think he's smart, I think you have to be careful, though, to... Obviously, the Saliba loss is massive. Huge. Massive. Massive. Can't deny that. Yeah, that's a long and short of it. It's not so much but Arteta wasting time bringing his replacement. If Saliba's around, It was maybe, clear yeah. from moment one that Rob Holden's not good enough. He should be... He's not a top four player. He's not a top half a Premier League player, to be honest. No. You've got a Kvyo on the bench. I think maybe you just give him a go. You also got blighted by the fact that Tommy Asu got injured at the same time because you yeah, could have had Tommy Asu, you could have had Ben White, White yeah, in that role, it's, it's, yeah, which I think would have been bit. the ideal. And you've been, you've come to the very worst conclusion out of that, where your right back and your centre back are being injured at the same time, and the only player who can sort of represent the roles is now forced to play your right back. Yeah, uh, but yeah, I don't know if I think you got to trust the players you have. And Vio only came in in January, moving into this Arsenal team where most of the players have been there for like a few years now under Arteta. Like you've really stagnated, but like slowly developed this style of play. Yeah. And it's been so effective this season. It's probably going to be really hard to just get straight into a system. Where, especially where you're, you're, you need ball players, centre backs. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It, it's difficult. Obviously, Arteta, you got, maybe got to trust him and think he wasn't, yeah. didn't think Vio was ready. But sometimes it takes a player making mistakes and not being on their game to lose their place to see the emergence of another player. I don't know if Kiel is going to be challenging Saliba when he's back. No. But maybe he might challenge well, Gabriel. I think he, he was brought to be uh, Gabriel's replacement because he's left-footed centre-back. But yeah, like you said, he's, Rob Holding was having too many stinkers for him to consistently get the starting lineup place. And I'm, I like Kiel. I think he's... Where we play is he's already a better ball player than Holding, and he's quicker. So for me, he should have just been in the lineup anyway because the way we play, he offers an like more when we're on the ball and when we're out of possession. His ability to match the striker's pace going backwards is better. But like you said, it's a brave move. Holding's quite high up in like the leadership team at Arsenal. He's been there. I think he's probably our longest seven player. I, just, I, just, I feel like if you if you drop holding and Fior drops a stinker, stinker yeah. or like struggles, then that's his like it's done. He's yeah. not gonna recover from that. Yeah, hundred percent. Like the stigmatism at Arsenal can be quite strong. Yeah. Like big we've time. seen it with a lot of players. Um But fair but, play to him. He's come in two high profile games against Chelsea and Newcastle and he's dropped two pre Real tests will be Brighton. Yeah, we actually got- I say that. Real test, as if Newcastle are a real test. At St. James no, Park you, as well, No, you've yeah. really done well. You've yeah, done no. well. Big up um, the man, Ben, every single if time. You, if you can stop Bryant trying to bounce back. That's yeah. a better way of phrasing it. I shouldn't do your Arsenal dirty like that. Come on. Um, is, the, talking about? is the title race over? Never say never be. Man City have got a big Champions League second leg next Wednesday. And they're coming to... Uh, they're, I think Everton are going to Man City? Or is it at Goodison Park? It might be at Goodison Park, you know. So they're going yeah, away. They are getting big Sam's so they're not getting stopped by anyone. That's true. The but problem Sean is, Dice yeah, is crazy. City, they are just are too good. They are yeah. too, too good. Um, but I'm still holding faith. But you never write, you can't write it off until like... The only problem well. is, if City drop points against Everton, they still need to drop points one more time. Yeah, like, well, two draws would do it for you, though. Oh, I don't want to speak to... Four points? Yeah, City have... What, they're ahead of you? Five points? Nah, 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 they're... So at the moment they're one point, but we've a game in hand. So they're okay. So they are four points if they win the game in hand. Points yeah. on the board is better than games in hand, is what yeah, they say. They but two um, points, I see it. 
Could be four. And when we so we'll just end it on this. So when we were talking about the running, I said Arsenal's fixture list was way harder. And it was at the time. But we've gone through and we've got Brighton left of like the hard ones. I don't want to disrespect who we've got left. But once we get past Brighton, I'm pretty sure we only have Nottingham Forest and Wolves. Well you got Forest to are going to be fighting for their lives. And we'll talk about Forest which, next. Which is a problem. Yeah. Uh, and Wolves, and Wolves who are, I think are on the beach. But... They beat Villa. So so we've got three fixtures, Brighton, uh, Forest and Wolves. I'd it's take It's those. in that difficulty probably for me. Uh-huh. That's the difficulty as well. Brighton, Forest, Wolves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think as a collective three, that's pretty decent. When Man City... Yeah. So I think they've got five fixtures left. They've got Everton fighting for their lives. They've got Brighton. They've got Brentford, which is a hard fixture. Wait, how have they got five fixtures left? Because they've got two double game weeks coming up. So they've got they've got two games to handle you. Oh, they might have four. Yeah. So they've got Brighton, Everton, Brentford, and someone else. West Ham? Chelsea. Chelsea. So as a four, that ain't easy. Yeah, it'll be interesting. So but... maybe I'm getting too gassed. And I'm going to shoot myself in the foot here. You've got... Well, they, they're pointing ahead and they, you need them to drop... A couple of games. Four points, really. Yeah. But and it could happen. And you win all your games. Yeah. I think... Knowing us, they drop the points and we don't win all our games. That's what I'm thinking as well. But we'll back off the break to talk about a team who are putting points on the board at just the right time. Just the right time. Right, yo. Today... Right, yo, mate. Today, 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 we're going to be um, moving on to a battle at the bottom. Big six pointer relegation battle extravaganza. What game it was. Um, we're talking about Forest 4, Southampton 3. And um, Steve Cooper's boys are not going down without a fight. They're not. And um, to be fair, Southampton. Ruben Sellers, I think he's actually done a good job. I think you said this last week. Yeah, I like Ruben Sellers, but apart from, annoyingly, them getting a result against Arsenal, they drew 2 all where we scored the last-minute winner. And I think a couple when he first got the job, so he was in interim charge, and then they got a couple of results, and then he got... That normally becomes the case, doesn't it? You get interim, you're slapping it, and then you get the actual job, and you stink it up. Because after he got made a proper manager... The Arsenal one point is the only uh, point he's picked up. So they, as much as been, I like him, they've been there or thereabouts. They need like points. pretty much every game they played. Like, but yeah, they never really get slapped, but they never really win. Apparently, well, you can't you can't <laughs> really win a game of football if you concede four goals. Facts, which is a problem, and they've struggled at the top of the the pitch, and they've struggled at the, at the defensive end of the pitch as yeah. well. So that that sort of leads to a the fact that you're going to be near or at the bottom of the table and this result pretty much cements it for me they're down and for them they're down yeah. like I don't think you'd have to be bold to be making that statement at this point no but um, Forest, it's a good result it's worrying though because if you can see the three against Southampton it's a little bit um, you've got Arsenal coming up in recent in the uh, future and that could be a big game you blessed by the fact that Leicester lost. Um, unlucky that Everton decided to batter Brighton five-one, which is mental. Yeah. Um, but Leeds as well dropped points against City, so they're currently outside of the drop zone. 
which is all that matters at the moment. Below I them like, at Leicester, below them at Southampton, and I think currently below them are still... No, not Everton. For me, maybe yeah, Leeds? The, the relegation battle, it doesn't really come down to the fixtures for me anymore. It's all about the fight. I'm seeing fight in this Forest team. Yeah, agreed. I'm not seeing very much fight in Leicester. Yeah, there's a couple of teams that, like like you said, fight. There's no fight in Leeds, no fight in Leicester. Mate, I saw this talk sport clip, yeah, where a Leicester fan was like, oh, yeah, I'm not going to the Liverpool game. Why? Well, because we're already down. It's like, well, that's not a really good attitude to have. And he goes, and I won't be watching them in the Championship. Championship football's rubbish. And I'm thinking, mate, you, you, like... You are not a football fan. Yeah, yeah. 100%. You should have all your right to ticket to watch football, to watch your Leicester revoked. Because he goes, one of his points was like, why are you going to watch it? Oh, because uh, we've been there, we've done that. You're going to come down next season. And if you get relegated, you're going to have a really good time because you'll be at the top of the, pre- uh, at the top of the championship. You'll be having really good games. You'll yeah, be having Jamie a great Vardy time. Going crazy. The championship goes hard. So do not disrespect the championship <laughs> like that. No, agreed. Especially because Leicester fans, they've probably had like the run of their lives in the last five, ten years. They were a team that have come up from the championship of like battling relegation, and then they get arguably the, the greatest achievement in sporting history, where a team that are touted for relegation win the Premier League. Arguably the hardest trophy in, uh, in the movies, world to win. Movies are less extravagant. Mate, there will be a movie stories. about this story in years to come. So they achieve that. And then not only do they achieve that and then some teams they do a great feat and then fall off. They battle and they stick around the top half of the table. They become this kind of big six uh, pretender that are going to try and knock teams Leicester out of the big six. They went on well. They, they got the likes of Brendan Rodgers in. They saw Europe. They saw Champions League football. They got out of the groups in the Champions League, didn't Mate, they? Mate, they, they won an FA Cup. They beat Liverpool or Man City, Man City in a community shield. They've had silverware. And now that they're battling relegation... And now you're complaining! Stick by your team! Stop being a bitch! Now they've kind of returned back to equilibrium, where they should be. Fans are freaking out like they're some kind of big big six team. You're not. You've just been overachieving for the past five, ten years. No, they they definitely have underachieved this season. Oh, this season, they are shit. But, But they shouldn't have been where they have been. So their fans are just getting a little bit clouded about sunny times and kind of it's you know what, though to be fair i feel them a bit as a qpr fan that was at the top of the table in october to be literally saved by relegation by the fact that reading got a points deduction it, sometimes when you, you you have it and it's there and you lose all of it and you end up the complete opposite end of the spectrum you ask yourself how do we get here hmm. and that can be demoralizing yeah, and that happened but, to you in the season. This has happened to them over like seven but, seasons. Yeah, and they've actually won stuff. Yeah, exactly. So like, they just have no. Like, you you've always to... got a right to complain if your team are underachieving. You pay money, you're allowed to voice your opinions. But I think my message to Leicester fans and ignore Throwing it, all if your you toys know. out the pram. Just kind of contextualise it. We all. shouldn't tar the entire Leicester fan base with the same brush because it might just be this one wanky fan. But um, row a pair contextualize it all because I saw a discussion on Twitter and it was like it was about Spurs funnily enough and it was like say Leicester go down and in the last seven years or whenever they won the Prem so they've had um, a Premier League win an FA Cup win and they're going to get relegated let's say and the question was posed to Spurs fans 
And it was, would you take a league, an FA Cup and relegation? And a lot of discussion from the Spurs fans, fair play to them, was like, fuck yes, we haven't won anything in God knows how long. We'd take that immediately. And that kind of just puts into perspective how amazing the journey Leicester has had is. And they they shouldn't um, sniff it. You get relegated, right? It can, it, it can be difficult to get promoted again. Mm. But you look at Burnley, you look at Sheffield United, you look at parachute payments, there's a reason why there's yo-yo clubs. Because championship sides can't compete with the parachute payment clubs. We can't. That, that's, that is the be-all end of You have to royally fuck it up like West Brom have to not be able to compete. Or Watford, yeah? Yeah, Watford would be a backup then next season though. Like... Um, Norwich should be up there again next season. It, the same clubs will be the same clubs now until, unless you have the likes of a and doing what they're doing, even Middlesbrough, um, commentary doing what they're doing. Leicester will, if they go down, they'll be back up straight away. I have no doubt about that. that Southampton done? will be back up. They're too, the clubs are too big too and big, too yeah. well established in the Premier League to uh, not be back in the Premier League. Mm. Um but yeah, that's my two cents on it. Back to New uh, Nottingham Forest. Yeah, I was going to say, so we've spoken about the two teams that are going down in arguably Leicester and Southampton. Let's talk about Nottingham Forest. I like them. Going back to my point, they've like got them. fight. they got fight. Yeah. And um, I, I would like them to see success with sticking with Steve Cooper. Oh yeah, 100%. I, I can't believe they had to kind of make the statement that they weren't going to sack him because and he's done so much for them in a short period of time. I would time. like to apologise. Talk, yeah, talk, talk your shit. I would like to apologise. Um, Morgan Gibbs-White, I doubted you. I never doubted you. I, I His price tag was hefty. His price tag was hefty. And I said, if you're worth that, then Eze was worth, is worth 60 million. And I probably still stick by that. I do think Eze is the better player. Ugh. But you're in, in today's market, that's probably a fair price. You've done well, and I would love to just see you keep... Uh, Balling Rich, out, yeah. Keep balling out. Get them successes. Bro. He's been on. He's been my boy since I brought him on Football Manager in like 2018, mate. What, he's been yeah, crazy. He was like a Wolves but, um, wonder kid, man. Yeah, let's talk about that assist. So Brennan he's Johnson, dirty. Brennan Johnson is dirty. Brennan Johnson cooking down Danilo, the wing, Danilo's puts in good. like a nice little drilled cross, and I don't even know if Morgan Gibbs White knows how good the move he did yeah. was because he just does it in kind of like a, a moment of like. I don't know what to do. I'll bust this out. And he must, I don't know if he knows Danilo, he's getting a shout or something, but he does this discussing heel to heel tap. If you haven't seen it, find it on Twitter. I'll, I think I've retweeted it from the board. Like, it's so hard to do that because you've got to get the initial touch, the cushion touch, but with enough power to, and enough like you got to do it in the right sort of angle foot to get it off your other foot. Like where you're not angling as much to get it. It's crazy. It's crazy. And at the speed, the intensity, you're in a relegation stuff. battle, you're balling out. I'd love to see it. Well, a lot of people, so they get the ball drilled into them in the six-yard box. They're just going to shoot no matter what. Yeah. But he has the kind of wherewithal to know that the um, Southampton defender is sliding in front of him. A shot's either going to cannon off the defender or he's going to sky you it. Know you're playing like fives, isn't it? And, and he just, so just does so like the, the most disgusting the back cuff. heel to Danilo, who's running in, and he puts it away. And I want to talk about Danilo. So I said a couple of weeks ago, quality signing. Arsenal were looking at him, but because our projects moved on, we didn't go for him because he's kind of like this project. He's young. 
he probably needs some nurturing. But he's gone straight into that Nottingham Forest team. I think he's on like two or three man of the matches in a row. He's good. Really, he's really good. So good. And I think for me, the Nottingham Forest, so they finally, a lot of it has been like, we've said they signed so many players and they haven't really figured out their they best team. They've found their 11 now. Maybe not the 11, but like the front three, I really like Brendan Johnson, Morgan Gibbs, White, and Taiwanese. I think Taiwanese, I don't he, know how he hasn't been starting every single no, I game. Think he's so, like, we, when he got signed to the handful. Bundesliga, he was like, his directness is so, so absurd. And in bang bare goals in the Bundesliga, I don't think you're going to get the same amount of time. Not every team's going to play with a high press like in yeah. the Bundesliga. Yeah, yeah. So you're not going to be able to break those lines. But he is really good, and I think he's going to slowly adapt his game, and I think he'll be a dangerous player. I think that front three is 30. And then um, the midfield, I don't know. There's a couple of players Ryan in Yates there. Ryan Yates came back in. Ryan Yates came back in. I, I don't mind him. And then they've got Freuler. They've got a couple of other players. I think they've got like a Condogbia in there. But I think Danilo is the kind of stalwart that you build that midfield around. He's he's kind of like a... He's not a DM, but he's not an eight. He does a bit of both. He'll get he'll go up and down the pitch. He's got energy, but defensively, he's also very good. So I think you build around him, get a couple of technicians in there. Maybe even... We're talking about Jesse Lingard being a flop. You get someone in the Jesse Lingard mould that can play in front of Danilo and create. I don't know if that's Morgan Gibbs-White dropping in there and you get by a winger... But you build that midfield around Danilo. That front three, I like it. It's juicy. Shore up the defence a little bit because you can't be conceding free. And they concede a lot this season. Shore up that defence. And they there, there is potential there. They've got a collection of players that they can build around. Owani, Johnson, Gidwhite, Danilo, all quality players. Nico Williams, we, oh, I said he's a bit of a flop. But he's he's young. He's international he's been in a winning squad in Liverpool he's you, build around, there, he? you can build around him they've got players in that squad that if they avoid the drop I think they can push on next season and maybe not worry so much about relegation worry about becoming a mid-table team um, do you remember who you predicted last week to go down no um, did we say we definitely said Leeds well I, I said Southampton Leeds and Leicester were my three and that's probably looking good that's like the that, that was my three that's I'm what I'd sure. say now yeah is that what you'd say now yeah yeah I'd agree I think that's yeah. going on that is my three we're very hindsight based so we just see whatever teams have won on the weekend and we're like they're safe <laughs> next week Nottingham Forest and Everton will lose <laughs> and Leeds and Leicester will win and no, we'll be like they're lose. safe they'll all lose Southampton and win we'll be like Southampton are coming back <laughs> they're doing it <laughs> yeah um, but no, fair play to Forest. Shout out Forest, uh, Forest all over podcast. We'll get you on to have a chat before the they, Arsenal game. They just done their hundredth uh, episode. Yeah, maybe before the Arsenal game, we'll have a little chat because there could be stuff on the line for Arsenal and Forest at that point. Could we'll be a see. big one. But um, should we do predictions? Yeah, we'll come back after the break and we'll hit you with some quick fire predictions because they go good as always. They do. Be back in a minute. Back again for some predictions and kicking us off. Saturday, got Leeds versus Newcastle, mate. Newcastle slap Leeds three one Newcastle. Yeah, I don't, I don't even reckon um, Newcastle concede. I reckon it's three nil. I don't know, Patrick Bamford. He's been stinking it up, and I'm a Patrick Bamford <laughs> fan. I like him. I think he's quite eloquent. He had one good season, man. Yeah, and I, I think he is he generally techy. He he's hold up play so bad in the championship, but mate, he is. Since he came back from that injury, he has 
Donk. He, this is what he was like in the championship, mate. Yeah, maybe he, he had just had like a freak season. Maybe he's a bit of a coward. Um, Aston Villa versus Spurs. Villa off of a loss. This will be a good game. Could be a very tasty affair. This I think Ollie Watkins could have some joy. Spurs off of a win in a game that I thought they'd struggle in, but they fair play to Ryan Mason. He took a leaf out of our book. He must have watched the pod where we said how to fix Spurs. Obviously, no Lloris. He's out injured. But he dropped Eric Dyer, and that proved dividends. And also, I saw this, this was a bit tapped. So I said, you can't play Romero as a wide centre-back in a three. He played him as the middle one. I said you can't have that bozo out wide because he jumps in too much. Mate, so he moved him in the middle. Pulling out from the uh, the pages of the Clown School Dictionary, he's listened to the Bordrell podcast. and He um, has to. We fixed Spurs. But I reckon Semi. Spurs lose this game. I reckon it's 2-1 Villa. Yeah. I'm going to go for a one-all draw. One-all draw. Chelsea versus Forest. A big game in the relegation battle. I think Chelsea just <laughs> about Chelsea. secured their safety. Yeah, it's annoying um, that they got a dub. But yeah, are they, who'd they beat? They beat... Bournemouth. Uh, Bournemouth. Yeah, yeah. 3-1. Um, yeah, I mean, they scored a few goals, man. What's, what's going on there? Yeah, I don't know how they actually managed that. I think Forrest will be up for it, but I think Chelsea might build on this, you know? Yeah. I think they might build on it. Um, as much as I hate to say it, I think it might be a 2-0 Chelsea. Yeah, I think Forrest score. I think they're off the back of, and they're, they're fighting for their lives. And they probably know a result here. I don't want to say gets them safety, but I think it might get them it safety. It gets you very close. I think if they get three points here, that is them safe. So I think they're going to come for... And out of their remaining fixtures, I know they've got Arsenal. I can't remember who they've got as their last day of the season, but Arsenal is a harder fixture than Chelsea. So they're probably looking at this Chelsea game as a like the one they've got to go for more. If, I think if they get a point, you know, it's, it's, it's a good... I mean, points on the board is points on the board, but... yeah. It's uh, sticky one. I I'm do reckon. Yeah, 2-0 Chelsea. I do reckon Chelsea win, but I'm going to go 2-1. But I do hope Forrest win. I hope Forrest win as well. Uh, Palace versus Bournemouth. Bournemouth, who have been doing really well lately. Obviously, just Probably beat both by on Chelsea. the beach now, aren't they? Yeah, not too much going on here. Uh, for me, I think Palace at Selhurst Park cook a little bit. And mm-hmm. we saw that against in the game against uh, West Ham previous weeks, um, when they did quite well. What, what was that last week? Oh, they lost the Spurs, Spurs yeah, but they, they were away. Spurs, yeah. uh, I'm going to go 1-1. Do you know what? I think Wilf Zaha's got to have one big game before he leaves. Yeah, we haven't. We should speak. We should do an episode about people that are on their way out at the end of the season. So we could talk about Harry Kane, Zaha. I don't know. But for me, I think Palace will do something. I'm going to go for uh, 2-1 Palace. 2-1 Palace. What did I say? 1-1. Man United hosting Wolves. Man United, they need to buck up their ideas because as much as they got games in hand on Liverpool, I think they got one game in hand on Liverpool. Liverpool are coming. Liverpool are surging. And man. man United need to get some points on the board to secure that Champions League well, spot. Man United have lost more games this season than they did under Ole Gunnar Solskjaer in his previous season, right? Well, let's fucking talk about that. I didn't know that. Yeah, and I think they are they are slightly better on points, but I don't know if the football is that much better. Yeah, I think... Yeah, it's a sticky one. I don't even want to talk about Man United. But I think they win this, annoyingly. I think they 2-0 them. I'm going to go for a 1-1. No, I'm going to go for a 1-0 United. Yeah, I think Man United do it. And that'll be, I think, probably Champions League for Man United. Well, I don't know. Southampton versus... I think Liverpool are one point behind them. So, 
Oh, I don't know the game. Do it, you know? Yeah, Liverpool I don't know the game. To have the stinkiest season ever, as still top United's good. Season. That's actually like damning on the state of like the teams battling for Champions League. Well, if Liverpool me, can start, like, do you not think their season in January? Do you not think next season getting, the top two is going to be Liverpool and, you know, and City again? No, nah, I reckon we'll finish above Liverpool. Again again next It'll be interesting. We'll talk about it in the future. Um, season two coming soon. Yeah, Southampton versus Fulham. Big, big game for Southampton. But is it because I pretty much already? I uh, thought do. Fulham were on the beach until they absolutely turned over Leicester. Well, they turned them over and then they conceded three. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was weird. So, yeah. Um, but the Leicester have got that, though. They've Leicester have, Leicester have such they're a They're a shy team. team, but they've got some players I that mean, should be nowhere near. Southampton's squad is, is not good. Yeah. Leeds' squad is not good. Um, Nottingham Forest's squad isn't, isn't as good as it's Leicester. It's not really good, but still. Everton's squad is pretty all right. Yeah, it probably goes Leicester have got the squad that are the best. Then it's Everton, Everton and yeah. then it's probably Leeds and Nottingham Like Forest, Forest Leeds are probably similar yeah, squads. Southampton is definitely Leicester worse. squad they can do it. Like James it. Madison, Harvey Barnes on their own are two t- players that should be playing in the top 6 teams. Yeah, opinion. 100%. Pats um, and Dakar I think is actually like a decent uh, player. I think Ian Nashville is a good player. But we we spoke to people about Leicester for days, but yeah, they're having a shambles. <laughs> I'm going I think Southampton know they're down now. I think it's going to be a 2-1 Fulham. Yeah, I agree. 2-1 Fulham. Bash. Brentford hosting West Ham. London Derby. London two Derby. teams. West Ham, I think they're playing tomorrow night in the Europa Conference League. All but safe, aren't they, really? And they're, they're fine. Brentford, probably on the beach, to be fair. I don't know. What was their result last week? They won, uh, lost 1-0 to Liverpool. Yeah, they're actually quite good in that Liverpool game. Um, I think Brentford win this 2-1. Oh, yeah. West Ham beat United. Yeah. I forgot about that. Um, you think Brentford win 2-1? Yeah. I'm going to go for a 2 all draw. Nice. Right, this is the game I care about. It's City travelling to Goodison Park. I need a result for uh, Sean Dyche and his boys. 27-0 Everton. I'm going to go for a 1-1 draw. Watch Ooh. this space. Ooh. Can you def- Come on, you toffees! Can you defend deep against Manchester City, though? That is the question. Of course you can. Um, hmm. I think Yerry Mina versus Haaland. Did you watch Rudiger on Haaland you last re- you night? You restricted him like 20 uh, touches. Mate, I think Yerry Mina does the same. <laughs> Yerry Mina, bro. <laughs> in the second game. In life. Yerry Mina. Uh, so it's a 1-1 draw or Yerry Mina gets red carded <laughs> and it ends about 7-0. I'm going to go for a... I think... I'm going to go for a 4-1 City. Earth. I think Everton might score early on to like give you hope. Yeah. And then City are going to come in. I get a big fat stiffy yeah. and then I get sad. Um, Arsenal. Hosting Brighton who are on um, off the back of a spanking. And Arsenal off the back of one of their best results of the season. I think we do them. I think... Brighton haven't really got anything to play for, really. I think they'll get Europa League and they're just too far off Champions League to get it. Obviously, they'll put up a good fight. They're a good team. But I think we do them. I think we do them 3-1. You think Brighton are going to win? Fucking chin you. It's going to be 2 all. And yeah, title hopes are all yeah, but over. I don't really care. I'm, I, I hate to say it. I hate to say it. But do you know what I would like for the, the Sunday narrative? I would like City to get done by Everton. And then ask Bolton. Bol- no, no, no. And I'd like you to... Because if if you have put, if you can catch up to City, yeah? yeah. And that 4.30 kickoff is going to be electric. Like, if we, if we don't plan to go to the pub and if City suddenly drop points, 
we're gonna be at the pub. Oh yeah, hundred like, percent. It's gonna happen. It's my birthday the next day as well, so, so I'll be on a bender. Has to, has to happen. But yeah, for me, uh, I'm gonna go for a two. That'd be sad. I'd Leicester Liverpool on Monday. Very nice. Very I hope they smash Le- that Leicester. I like Leicester. Yeah, I was there at uni the season they won the league. He was, I, bro. Liberty Park. Shout out! I was right outside the stadium. My accommodation, very good. But yeah, I remember you saying it was going off, mate. It went yeah. off. We were in those spoons. Wes Morgan was buying everyone. Let's go, Wes Morgan. Kasabian at like the Leicester parade. They probably good, want Wes Morgan back in that defence now because as good as the front lot are at Leicester, that defence is a calamity. But this is sad though because I actually like Ricardo Pereira. Castagna. Yeah, like. he's not starting at the moment, Pereira. I think so I think Fej isn't even that bad. Of a I defender. think their defense. So they've got two of the worst goalkeepers in the league, Iverson in Ward and Iverson. Danny, uh, Johnny, uh, Danny Evans. Johnny Evans Johnny was Evans, on the bench. He's been injured. Yeah, yeah. I think he and was think on the bench last game, so he might come in. I think he's all right, and I think him and Val Fej could actually be decent. Val Fej, okay. Soyuncu, okay. Mendy. They've got that Christensen guy, From who's out. No. Oh no! Uh, he's who's like, the one they signed from South- Benarek? Yeah, Benarek. Yeah, he's, he's stunk. Yeah. yeah, he's stunk. He's not. And then they're so playing Castagna, who is a good player. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They just got. I don't know. A lot of players that don't want to be there are Bro, very good. Marty, I don't know how he's a footballer. Indeed, he fell off hard. Indeed, yeah. Um, Napalas Mendy. What happened to him? Like Tielemans doesn't want to be there. Clearly, he scores a banger every once in a while. Although. Like, He's the captain under Dean Smith, so it's very strange, very very yeah, strange. But um, for gone. me, Liverpool smashed them seven nil. Seven nil. I'm gonna go five nil. Uh, Newcastle five one. I've changed. <laughs> and then to round it up, was there? yeah, to round it up, two of the best performing teams of the season: Newcastle versus Brighton. I think this is a good game, actually. I'm going to go for a 1-1. One, one. Yeah. Ooh, double game week for the for Brighton. And the Toons. Oh, is it? Yeah, they... Mate, this is what, <laughs> this is what leads, happens. <laughs> leads early doors. <laughs> I forgot about that one. Um, you say one all? Yeah. I think Newcastle do him. I'm going to go 2-1. The doing of 2-1. So you didn't think we'd do them, but you think Newcastle do them. Different styles of football, mate. Different styles of football. Different styles of football. And there we go. That's episode 45 for you boys and girls. As always, like and subscribe. Rate the podcast. Five star on Spotify. Shout us on social media if you watch, uh, listen to the podcast on Spotify because I don't actually know the kind of... If you if you do. Yeah, the disparity between people that watch us on YouTube and people that listen to us on Spotify. But shout if out If you are watching on YouTube, I beg you subscribe. We've been on 162 subscribers for so, so, so long. Um, and it's really, really upsetting us. Como video, when's that coming out, Luke? Soon, man. I've been very busy, but Come it is on. coming soon. It'll Tell probably him be, to hurry up. It'll probably be end of the season, so you have some content to watch Come over on. the uh, the off-season. And we'll also have that followed by the Ajax video, so that'll be yes. very good. And there's two giveaways. They're still running. We haven't snaked anyone. The, the giveaways are coming. The giveaways are coming. Don't get your knickers in the twist. We will give away two shirts. Just gives you more time to get involved. Tell your mum, tell your nan, tell your dog, tell your gran to... What was it? I think... Like the... No. Just got to follow us on TikTok for the... Uh, yes, Como video follow. And subscribe to us on YouTube for Just the... Big Beer. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, and if you follow and subscribe on both you're going to be in with a chance of winning. We'll right. just scroll through the follower list, scroll through the subscriber count, 
and pick someone at random. So that's yeah. it. That's all you need to do. Um, Make sure yeah, fiftieth episode coming soon. That's going to be a big one. It's, it's a we've got a banger in the work. So get ready, get uh, get excited. But yeah, guys, four episodes time. Thank you very much for watching. Please subscribe. We'd love to try and hit two hundred before the end of the season. I think that's a real reasonable goal, and uh, yeah. it makes our day. So you want to see two smiling boys hitting the content uh, every week? We'll be here for you. But thank you very much, guys, for watching. It's been Board Draw, and it's live. Cheers. <laughs>